Welcome to What's the Revolution, a place for men and the people who love them, where we discuss how men can find and embrace the healthiest versions of themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corfrew. I was five or six sessions in when I finally admitted to my therapist my truth. <laughs> Man, y'all done, y'all done started already. <laughs> uh, I was a piece of, well, you know. That moment began the slow death of Corpru. For my psychology fanatics, Corpru was my alter ego. He was the dark side. He was an assassin working in the dead of night when the roads were quiet, no one around to track his moves, chasing the yellow lights, finding gates and doors open. He would step through. Shout out to anyone who knows the lyrics to that song. <laughs> Um, it was the rush and thrill of the dark side that kept Corporal alive. It was the elixir he continued to drink time and time again. Yet there were consequences to his proverbial substance abuse. The other side of Corporal, the light, had to deal with the fallout, the pain, and the lies. That day, that day in my therapist's office, I could not bear the weight anymore, the weight of two lives. One of them had to die. It would be Corporal. To be honest, though, he isn't fully dead. He didn't go quietly. I just know how to control him now. I know the consequences of his actions, the pain he has caused me, and the women who chose to allow me in. As I worked to find the healthiest version of myself, Corporate wasn't the man that I wanted to be. Today, to help me with this discussion of the potential impact of Jay-Z's newest album, which talks about his vulnerability and his work to be the healthiest version of himself, I am honored to have this panel of guests, this, this, I don't know, juggernauts. That's, that's the word that comes, that's the word that comes to my mind. So, (laughs) sitting to my right, sitting to my right is, is, you know, the man, the myth, the legend, the hmm. Mr. New Orleans, Captain New Orleans, ev- everything. Yep. Uh, the host of WBOK's Good Morning Show, Oliver Thomas. What's up, brother? Man, I'm a ch- I'm a Dr. Corproof fan. <laughs> uh, for real, for real. Man, man I appreciate you, brother. Great. I appreciate good you. To be here, Thank you, thank you so much. To my left, man, my good friend, my good friend and TV host, multi-talent producer. That's you. That's that. That's you, Mr. Wayne. Mr. Wayne, what's happening, brother? That much glad to be here. It's an honor to sit among some so many. I can't even talk. Just it's just an honor to be here amongst everybody. I appreciate you. Appreciate you. And, and lastly, to my far left, to my far left, you know, and it, it's your season. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like Christmas. It, it's like Christmas before this man. I call him the the candidate's whisperer. Oh, all right, <laughs> all right. Uh, Wesley Bias. Uh, Thank you for that. Look, I can't. I got. I'll take the compliments when I get them. So man, I appreciate it, man. Thank man, you. you know, I just looking forward. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time today, man. It's I'm I'm excited. Even just you know. Know, from us, uh-oh, uh-oh, Rachel Graham is in the house. <laughs> uh, always, always. Um, I'm just pleased, man, to have this conversation with you all because Jay-Z's album has sparked so much talk, controversy. You know, it's, it's water cooler talk now, you know, for this this mogul, as he's, as he's being titled now, to open up about his life, man. But, you know, as we do, you two, you know, are returning guests, Wesley and Oliver. But we're going to give Wayne the first offering is this. And I ask all of my guests, man, what's your revolution? Well, 
my revolution is to become the best me that I can become. And, yeah. And yeah, and, and it's a process. It is it it is a process. Do you know what that looks like right now, man? The best version of yourself? Well, I haven't seen him completely <laughs> all the way. It's a little rain out there, you know, yeah. a little foggy, but but I, I, I like I like the journey that I'm on. I think self realization is is definitely one of the keys in seeing that you're not at your best all the time. So I'm That's what it is, man. You know, a little history. Uh, Wayne and I have been able to talk at length, you know, uh, really about this journey, uh, about the healthiest versions of ourselves, man. It was interesting. We were sitting um, as Wayne was uh, taking care of some stuff at the crib for me. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? Wayne is a entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne is entre- taking some stuff at the crib. And we had this, you know, really vulnerable conversation about our masculinities, you know, at this time, about where we've been with the women in our lives. It was great. And so that's why I wanted to have you on the show. Um, Wesley, man, always, man. And, and I'm sure that the revolution might have evolved a little bit, but just yeah, remind the folks, man, what's, what's your revolution? I mean, my day-to-day revolution is trying to make sure that everybody can live full and free lives and that they have the ability to be able to do that. Everybody should be able to be free and should be able to express themselves in the best and most full way possible. And for me, um, just for a lot of things that have happened, I've had to learn to start really trying to follow my own advice, mm-hmm. but also at the same time being able to um, find help. So, you know, for me, my revolution is being able to admit for real, for real, when things aren't working out. Right. Ooh, I love that. When things aren't working out, I love that. Lastly, Brother Thomas, man, what's the revolution? Well, I, I think the revolu- I think my revolution is consistent with what it was uh, last time, but it's wrapped into uh, uh, the, the power of what you're doing this show around. I think 44, 44 uh, whether it's smile or feud or, or, or caught, you know, caught up, in, caught in their eyes right. or, or OJ. Uh, I think the power of dissecting that album and dissecting that that, that piece of work talks about what our revolution mm-hmm. is. It is, and and I don't, I, man, it's just unbelievable. Uh, but it also shows uh, how forward-thinking Dr. Carpu is, because this is more than just music. Yeah. Uh, Jay Z talks about his revolution and our revolution uh, in each of those individual medleys. It, it, man, <laughs> it, it, exactly. So from that point, we're just going. We're just going to yeah. jump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we're just going to jump in. So the question that I want to ask you all is is just from a, a an umbrella statement. Is there a dichotomy right now in hip hop? Is it is it Migos and mm, trap music yeah. versus Chance the Rapper and now Jay Z? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. is there this dichotomy that's coming out and and where is it leading us? I mean, so like we were talking a little bit earlier, uh, this. The dichotomy mirrors what society has right is is happening in society right now. There are two extremes in almost everything that we do. Um, the middle ground that I think a lot of people were comfortable with and worked for how a lot of people, um, whether it's music, whether it's politics, whether it's money, whether it's whatever, is 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 going right. So you are seeing like for real trap music for real for real, and now you're starting to see a lot more of your larger artists that are. Um, I think becoming more vulnerable and realizing um, what's the value in that, not just for themselves, but then I think uh, hopefully for the listeners too, to realize what it means to be able to be vulnerable, talk about these things that are really bothering you because that lets us know what's happening. But yeah, there definitely is that, uh, there definitely is a dichotomy. In right, hip-hop right. Um, uh, yeah, I think what, what Jay-Z does is uh, he challenges uh, what we've been uh, buying, uh, what they've sold us recently. Uh, versus what the mission of the artist and the level of consciousness and the metamorphosis 
of the artist. Hopefully, he's made enough money uh, now that his level of consciousness can be what's being exhibited mm. in 444. So for me, as powerful as that message and that music is to, to those of us who are everyday folk, I hope the industry is breaking down the words and the message because it's even a more powerful message to them. It is. The interesting thing, and I'm, I'm going to pull this back for one second, for one second, is that you made the statement that hopefully that he's made enough money Right. Hopefully he's made enough money. And, and I, I know that Brother Jay-Z is, you know, rolling in truckloads of money. But doesn't this album, you know, if you look at it on its face, right, make him more money? You know, in, in, in a black man's life, uh, there are certain moments in your life where you're free, especially in terms of mm-hmm. terms of expression. Uh, that is, if you're so broke and so outcast that you don't give a damn. Or if you've made so much money that you have the level of capitalist independent yeah. uh, that they can't take away enough right. that you'd be dependent again. Uh, very few of us experience the latter. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's important that hopefully he represents the latter, that he's made enough money that him and B won't ever be broke again. So now he can get back uh, to a level of consciousness. Mm. That impacts the industry. That's an alternative argument that I have not heard. Yeah, yeah. Wayne, you want to speak to that? Uh, I, I, in term for your first question, yeah, I do ahead, agree bro. that there's a dichotomy, but also that hip hop has become like 45 to 50 years old. Yeah. So, and it's a, it was a, you know, in in its origin, it was a language not everybody can understand. And right, in a defense right. of, not that I'm intending to defend them, but the this younger generation of music where we say we can't understand what they're saying. Well, it probably wasn't meant for us to understand it. And, mm. and I think even now that we're starting to accept mature artists like a Jay-Z and Nas getting to the 40s and the 50s, those two areas probably will never... Never mesh. N- never mesh. That's an interesting That's an, inter- an interesting statement because it then comes back to what you just said. Well, it kills Jay-Z. He goes right at himself. It goes... Right. Goes right at himself. So, yeah. but, but, but I told you we won't have a good time on the show today. But, 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 Doc, that's powerful that, in that... How conflicted have you been, bruh, well, I mean, with, with your level of consciousness? Because this has to come from a deep place about questioning to. his own position, his own revolution. His I, own. I forgot what CD it was. It, and the lyric was, I wish I could rap more like common sense, right. but it don't make any common sense. Like <laughs> right. he, he has been resting the list for a long time. He's known for a fact that the, the, the pressures from uh, certain critics to make sure that you really use your platform to talk about things that can be much more beneficial to the community. He's known about this already. He's rapped about it. And I think to the point that you said about you either are so broke where you don't give a damn or you're so rich where nobody can touch you, he's at this point now. Nobody can touch him. Nobody can touch him. And I think you're right. He's figured out how to make common sense make common Common sense. sense. But not common sense. It's dollars. (laughs) Right? So that's where he's figured it out now. Like he, he, he slow played it. He slow played it. And now between this CD, between Lemonade, between the seat at the table, <laughs> the, the, the Carter Knowles family is like, you know, they've been able to really show how you can really put heart and pain on, on wax. And, and people yeah, but are let's, hear let's, that. let's keep it real, too. Uh, it also exposes him. Yeah. Uh, in the level as a grown man who's 40 plus, right? Uh, uh, he shouldn't have had to wait until now. So if we want to keep it real, 
uh, we got to open up uh, this can called 444. We got to yeah. open up this man uh, called Jay Z, you know, and say, well, hold on a second, bro. Uh, this has always been in you. Uh, one of the best lyricists mm -hmm. uh, in the history uh, of the rap game. You know, his game was, uh, was studying definitions and words and, how, and making them apply. Right. So he could have made this apply a long time ago. So I'm going to give him credit uh, for reaching this level right now. But, I, but what I also want to say, hey, bro, some of this could have been part of what you did a long time ago. And part of that, go ahead, Wayne. Yeah, and and you we've talked about it before. And actually, in that song "Kill Jay Z," I think a part of it is that ego, and 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 those things. Hey, it'll tell you nobody really knows. Mm -hmm. Then once you're exposed, what do you do? Where do you go from there? Mm -hmm. Okay, do I make one, another uh, commercial album, or do I? Do I tell the real? Do I tell the real story of, of but it, me? It, when it exposes his fear too, yeah. because uh, the story of OJ basically says, "Say, bruh." <laughs> You know, you think some of you thought like that. Right. You make you, you saw this brother who was supposedly untouchable mm -hmm. be touched, right? So what part uh, uh, of his life and, and others like him who we think have reached that level of freedom still scared? Still scared. And it goes, what, what I loved about Kill Jay-Z, mm -hmm. because if you, you, you've seen the footnotes, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, at first I was like, oh, Kill Jay-Z. But when you listen... Mm -hmm. And you really hear him talk about it, really break it down. It is that evolution. It is that revolution because he's like, kill Jay-Z, kill corporate. For, slow real, for real. The slow you opened death, up with that. Yeah, the slow yeah. death of corporate. Absolutely. But, right. It, it, exactly. But for him, kill Jay-Z is I, I need to be Sean. Yeah. You know, and I need to get outside. I need to Finally. get out. It, it, exactly. So that point that you're making is that, you know, and as a developmental psychologist, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring that mm -hmm. hat here. We, we all develop differently. You know, mm -hmm. we get to that space. Mm -hmm. You know, for some of us, you know, you, you're having that conversation at 35. You're having that conversation at 25. I put this on Facebook last night and asked, when was that Jay-Z moment for you? Mm -hmm. One of my good frat brothers, Mark Sims, said, you know, you remember when we worked together back at JMU back in, this was like early 2000s. Right. He was in his 20s. He left us, man. The last night of the academy, he left it. I'm going to see my girl. Right? And we like, man, come on, hang out with mm -hmm. us. He was like, No. That was early 2000 in his 20s. Now, for some of us, man, we still waiting for we still you know we still waiting for that Jay Z moment. So, from a developmental psychology perspective, we all develop differently. Great point. You know, great but, point. But here's this opportunity. You know, kill Jay Z. I'm Sean, and what does that actually look like when I strip myself down from the persona that is Jay Z, big pimpin', as we were talking right. about, right? Big pimpin', and now. I'm talking about the challenges that me and my wife are having. But to be fair, and before Wes jumps in, to be fair, maybe sometimes we're too critical, right? Maybe Sean is finally mature enough and sophisticated enough and conscious enough to do that right now. We all want everybody else to be down mm -hmm. long before they, they're ready or capable, and especially in my generation. We can be hypercritical of what we expect from people who ain't ready. Right. So on, on one side, though, I, I would have expected him uh, this to come out of him. Someone so talented a long time mm -hmm. ago. That's really not fair either. Right. Mm -hmm. but and you know, sometimes there has to be. I'm sorry. No, no. There has to be an impetus for this. Yeah. And so I was I'm happy that you said that. I think um, I forgot who said about the idea of exposure. Right. Like you, you have this image that is created and maybe it is something that you do or don't want to um, embody. Right. But depending on what your situation and somebody like Jay-Z. 
maybe he was all he was always Sean, right? But Jay Z was how the people, the industry wanted him to be. He should have definitely, I think, had an opportunity to be able to step up on his own and do things. But I also see this, and I know from the experiences that I've had, like when you are exposed, it's 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 painful. And then the thing I heard in this CD, honestly, was relief. Because now you no uh, longer have to be able to be this thing that you know that you have been or you have to be or continue to move on. And now you can be you. You can be real. You can be real. And then as you're continuing to build yourself up, you can be happy with whatever that is that it comes from because you know finally for the first time in a while you can be you. Right. You listen to WBOK 1230 AM. This is the What's Your Revolution show. I'm your host, Dr. Charles Corpru, sitting here with the, the Juggernauts, you know, as we talk through Jay-Z's 444 album. You know, as we're sitting here now, we're going to break it down for a little, a little further, man. Thinking about Jay-Z, kill, kill Jay-Z and what that message mm-hmm. is trying to say, I'm going to ask you a poignant question, gentlemen. You know, if you had to write your obituary, obituary of your old self, how would it start? Mm. Mm. Kill Wesley, <laughs> you know, hey. you know, how would it start? I don't know. I'm thinking about this. People right now, look, somebody else start with this. Start First of all, this. condolences to the bereaved family. Uh, I want to thank God, my Lord and Savior, uh, because as the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the bereaved family and the deceased lie here today, uh, know that the person who toiled, who worked, and who died uh, left here a better man and left here in a better space and better place than where he started. And so I would just hope that everybody who he's ever sinned against, uh, everybody that he's ever touched in a negative way, uh, know that before he took his last breath, uh, he not only asked for their forgiveness, he begged for, for their forgiveness, mm-hmm. and he forgave himself. Man, mm. y'all don't need to tell your story. <laughs> I think he said it well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I- I- exactly. Anybody else? Anybody else? What, what, what would your obituary start? That's a great the, question for us to answer. The de- yeah. So yeah. of your old self. How would you start that obituary? The old self. The old self. You now you, you have shed. You like the snake now. You have shed that old skin. You're now sitting on stage talking about this old person. You're right. You have written the obituary, and now you're giving it out to the public. What's it going to start with? Well, it, it, it was basically say here in this casket or whatever lies a person whose actions were not always his intentions, and who hurt a lot of people unintentionally and, and wishes for everybody's forgiveness and happiness for all those who are still on this planet breathing. I got you. I got you. Wesley. Yeah. Wesley. I, oh, man. I mean, preach to us, brother. Preach not, to us. I can't us. even preach like that. I, I would say that uh, here lies a man that used ego as a replacement for vulnerability. Here lies somebody that was willing to break down instead of trying to build up. Here lies somebody that didn't intend to hurt anybody, but Intent is just as important as impact, and the impact was harmful. And here lies somebody that has um, begun, um, who, who, who represents the end of something bad, but the beginning of something that is new that can grow stronger, that is learned. That, there you go. That and, is evolved. And, and, and that's the thing, that, that obituary has to show intact. Intent may not always lead to the impact, right? Mm-hmm. I said this to you, you know, and I didn't mean it. To sound like, but that's how you took that, right? And sometimes, you know, it's interesting. My, my good friend, Dr. Samantha Francois, said to me when we were in grad school, she said, I'm, I'm going to lie to you, right? I'm going to lie. She told me straight up. She's like, I'm going to lie to you, not because I want to deceive you 
but I want to save your feelings. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like it's like that. Man, man I, I heard that my father uh, used to say that. I didn't understand it. Uh, never forget, you know, growing up in the Lord Nine, you know, uh, and especially my brother, he was, he was a lot more street than I was. He had this term about keeping it real, mm-hmm. right? And my father would say, well, why is it so important to keep it real with people you don't know and you don't even know who you are? Uh, just keep it honest, you know. And, and, and then and he said something. He said a lot of people, sometimes if I can save someone some feelings uh, with something that doesn't negatively impact their life, he said, why wouldn't I do that? Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very interesting, very, very interesting concept. Yeah, it is. Very, very, very interesting concept. So moving more deeper into Kill Jay-Z, you, you've seen the footnotes. They're, these brothers talking about the ego. Mm-hmm. And one of the most poignant things that is said during these footnotes is that white men don't have to deal with being cool. Why is it so, why is ego so much a part of being a man of color, being a black man? That ego stands out. You know, we had that conversation mm-hmm. <laughs> with the councilman, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But why has ego become so much a part of the fabric of being a, a black man? Because uh, you've been stripped of just about everything else you know and especially when you're entertainment cool when you're sports cool when you song and dance cool uh when you're thugging cool when you're hard cool when you mean mugging cool it's because in terms of our masculinity and just our ability to exist uh much of being cool about that has been stripped from us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean I'll go back to just what I said in, in the uh, in obituary, right? Ego oftentimes for men of color are replacements for vulnerability. Um, one of the things that one of the things that I'm realizing and um, I've been thinking through is where do we really have a place and space for men of color to be able to be actual vulnerable, actual emotional? Our society actually doesn't know how to handle that, right? Um, no, it, no, it not one, or, no, or has an idea of what to do when it happens. So I think. Um, when you have that place of vulnerability, when you don't get the response that you're hoping to get, it ends up becoming this ego. And the thing is, unfortunately, when that vulnerability transfers the ego, then you end up in this battle like you kind of talked about before. Can you control that ego? Does it go too far? And does it end up going into this place to where now it ends up leading you to do things that can be harmful? Exactly. Wayne, I'm going to get to you one second, brother. The point that you make is good. Being the bad boy... Corporate love being the bad boy. He, it was a drug. It, like I said, the substance abuse, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're a bad boy. Ugh. I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that part of me that, you know, I was I was filled on it. That was the ego part of that. Let me put on the black leather jacket and the boots. You know what I'm saying? And, and rolled out late at night, you know. That was that was me. Right. You know, and, and to feel that that power, you know, because that, that was the ego. I needed that fulfillment, that ego, because – Vulnerability was on the other side of that, and I didn't want to be vulnerable. Wayne, go ahead, brother. Well, I'm, I'm going to still, I'm going to paraphrase what Chris Rock said actually in the uh, Kill Jay Z footnotes. And basically, he said, ego is what gets black people on the stage. That's what actually gets us there, whether it be in the classroom. Or mm-hmm. you uh, say, hey, that guy's not funny. I can do that better than him. And so it's, 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 a, it's a, a double edged sword, that ego thing. Mm-hmm. It, for us, it's what sometimes can get us. Through law school, yeah, and, and can also be the thing that. <laughs> but it's that false bravado, yeah. Uh, that that definition of what 
America has considered black masculinity. And I think, you know, Doc, in your early shows, I think you do a good job of breaking uh, that down and talking about what what is it, right? So you, you got to understand, in several speeches I give about uh, men and, and this, when I talk to groups around this country, I say that, you know, w there's such a warped sense of what cool and what masculinity is. You got brothers who go to private schools who live in subdivisions trying to present thugs. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling my nephew, mm -hmm. I mean, you ain't grow up like me right. and your daddy grew right. up. Right. Just be cool, let right. you privileged. Or you hear women say that they they want a thug or a bad boy. No, you don't. But that's all that you've been given. You've been seeing that. You've, you've that's, been, that's what that's what you've been that's what you've been sold. You, you know, if you if you look at a commercial or a movie, you know, or or an ad, it it you know it, it one size fits all for yeah. us. Yeah. And, and to that point, now I think what you're really seeing, um, which is going to be a challenge, is now you're starting to see black men who really are expanding what that definition of masculinity mm -hmm. is. And then you're seeing the pushback, right, or you're seeing the negative comments for things that could doesn't make any sense. It's like I saw this meme that's like, wait, men go to brunch? That's gay. What? What? Why? <laughs> how? Right? But the thing is, is also as you're starting to see the definition of how Real, how black boy joy happens, right? When people are actually able to be happy. Wow. That's once again, like society <laughs> doesn't know how to handle that. And we as men have to, as black men, men of color, have to understand how to deal with that in a way to where ego doesn't, doesn't go over how we really and truly want to represent ourselves. And we're just at this point to where we have work that we have to do, but mm -hmm. also realize that as a society as a whole, like they, they don't know, we don't know what to do. When we have men of color who are actually in that place and space. The the point that I, I, I didn't stop listening. I heard everything you said. But the, the, the black boy joy, yeah. is that like, you know, is that the. You can't mean mug if you, if, you, know, if, if, you, exactly. if you want the world to know you're happy. No, black right. boy joy. Black, you know, yeah, black girl magic. Now, this, you might have, you, you just started. No, I didn't. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to give it, once again, this is a chance to rapper, right? No, so black boy. So once again, it's like the, the, the evolution of. Clearly. Our music, the evolution of our society, how people are now being able to be vulnerable. It is scary, I think, to see how people are going to handle it. But it's also amazing to see what the next few years will be as we see more albums like this. Right. As we can dig in, as, as I think we become, as people become exposed, as opposed to like just kind of dealing in the in the darkness. Now there there's more of an opportunity and ability, maybe even a space where you can actually be open and try to recover. Talk, from it think about how difficult it is for our friends, and we've been successful in our life. How difficult it is for our friends to smile and, and experience the joy when they brothers greet each other. It, it's always a little tenseness. It's always like, "What's up? You know, what's yeah. happening, bro?" <laughs> and, hey, and you could be a billionaire, right? But we've been so. Why is it backstage at these shows with rappers? You always got to hear about beef. A, a, a beef right. with the we amigo. About it on the show. Negroes, y'all. <laughs> you know. You, you know. I mean, I, I went to a, a concert the city hosted, uh, where I represented the city years ago. I'm not even gonna say the name of the group, where they were performing at the Singer, and it was a uh, I went a hardcore group, and I went backstage uh, to talk to brothers to thank them for coming out. Man, these dudes were soft as tissue paper. <laughs> but and I'm like, huh? You know, I'm like, but on stage, that persona, that man, ego. they were presenting something that was so anti who they were. And so, and so I was like, man, y'all could have did good music because you're talented in any venue in, 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 with, with, with any message. Mm -hmm. 
but they were selling something that they weren't. Right, right. Wayne, as we go to break, man, how has your ego helped and hurt you in your success? Oh, shoot. Well, that thing there. Um, <laughs> that thing there. My my ego would literally tell me that I can do anything that I put my mind to and literally would defy odds and take on things and, by the glory of God, be successful at right. them. And in other situations, my ego, okay, well, you can manipulate these situations over here. Ain't nobody going to see <laughs> Ain't what nobody you gonna see you. You the man. Yeah, I'm the man. I mean, look what you did over there. Right. So if you... Yeah, so, you yeah. can do. I am mad at you. Our ego can, like you said, Chris Rock said, our ego gets us on stage, but our ego can also kill us. It's lethal, yeah. you know, particularly for us. As we come back, you know, I want you to think about this over the break. You know, how did you feel when you heard the story of OJ? What was that visceral reaction mm-hmm. that you had when you heard, running. you know, when you heard that song or you saw the video? We're going to talk about that after the break. My man Jazz has got it teed up, man. Appreciate you, brother. We're on our way back. This is the What's Your Revolution show. Light chicken, dark chicken, faux chicken, real chicken. Rich chicken, faux chicken, house chicken, field chicken. Still chicken. Light chicken, dark chicken, faux chicken, real chicken. Rich chicken, pole chicken, house chicken, feel chicken. Still chicken. Still chicken. OJ like. I'm not black, I'm OJ. Okay. House chicken. Don't fuck with me. I'm a fielder. With Sean Cutlery. Go play the quarters where the butlers be. I'm a play the corners where the hustlers be. I told him. Please don't die over the neighborhood that your mama rentin'. Take your drug money and buy the neighborhood. That's how you rinse it. Uh, I bought every V12 engine. Wish I could take it back to the beginning. I could have bought a place in Dumbo before it was Dumbo for like two million. That same building today is worth 25 million. Guess how I'm feeling? Dumbo. Light chigger, dark chigger, faux chigger, real chigger. Rich chigger, pole chigger, house chigger, field chigger. Looking for that perfect gift for a birthday, an anniversary, or how about just to brighten someone's day? Mona's Accents is your one-stop shop for beautiful floral arrangements that are indeed perfect for any special occasion. Dedicated to quality, freshness, and customer satisfaction, Mona's Accents will surely take care of all of your floral needs. So stop by the shop located at 2109 North Claiborne Avenue or call us at 504-944-7001 and let us arrange and deliver your floral gifts. Again, that's 504 504- 944-7001 or you can order online at www.monasaccents.com Mona's Accents Freshness, quality and customer satisfaction guaranteed Visit InspireNolaCharterSchools.org Founded in 2013 Inspired Nola Charter Schools is currently the highest performing charter management organization in New Orleans this academic year Inspired Nola will serve more than 3,700 students in five schools A-graded Alice Hart Charter School A-graded Edna Carr High School Andrew Wilson Charter School 42 Charter School and Eleanor McMain Secondary School In just one year Inspired Nola transformed Wilson from an F to a C school and they are dedicated to the transformation of McMain and McDonough 42 
With Inspire NOLA, providing high-quality educational opportunities for young people is our goal and mission. For more information about Inspire NOLA, call 504-227-3057 or visit InspireNOLACharterSchools.org. WBOK 1230 AM, The People's Station. Kill JC. They'll never love you, you'll never be enough. Let's just keep it real, Jay-Z. Jay-Z, I mean, you shot your own brother. How could we know if we can trust Jay-Z? And you know better, nigga, I know you do. But you gotta do better, boy, you owe it the blue. You had no father, you had the armor. But you got a daughter, gotta get softer. Die, Jay-Z. This ain't back in the days. You don't need an alibi, Jay-Z. Cry, Jay-Z. We know the pain is real, but you can't heal what you've never revealed. What's up, Jay-Z? You know you owe the truth to all the youth that fell in love with Jay-Z. You got people you love, you sold drugs to. You got high on life that drug you. You walking around like you invincible. You dropped out of school, you lost your principles. I know people backstab you, I felt that too. But this for everybody attitude ain't natural. But you ain't the same, this ain't kumbaya. Welcome back, everybody. As you've got the soulful sounds of the lyrics of 444 from our brother Jay-Z, man. We're going to continue this conversation. Y'all have been dropping knowledge, man. I, just, I always want to give a shout-out to, you know, when we got the cypher going on in the room. We're going to move away from Kill Jay-Z to the story of OJ. Mm. <laughs> the, story, the story of OJ. It's interesting that I really wanted to go see Paul Mooney. Saturday night yeah. because I wanted to see how he was going to actually handle mm-hmm. the release of OJ. Uh, I was a little disappointed. Well, you know, uh, what was obvious uh, at the concert, uh, Brothers at Peace concert, was that uh, uh, Paul has seen his better days. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the, uh, the early signs of uh, where he is in his, his stage in his life. Right, right, uh, exactly. Uh, they were there. And then the environment uh, in the venue that we were functioning mm-hmm. under, uh, especially when black folks have something successful, uh, remains uh, a challenge mm-hmm. right now. But the good thing was that we, we heard some good comedic messages. We did. We did. Uh, from a lot of people about a lot of issues. And and uh, I think Paul, even though we wanted him to be there longer, uh, his piece still uh, is strong with me in that America finally got what it deserved. Right, right. That's something to think about. That is something that something that resonates, and particularly around this story of OJ that Jay Z depicts. You know, is that it doesn't matter where you ascend, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, the song had this visceral reaction from me because I've talked about this at length on the show. Is that it doesn't matter. It, it does. It doesn't matter. PhD, MD, mayor, president, wherever you are, if you have the, this skin color, mm-hmm. right? At the end of the day, what do you say? <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, you know, if you even if you Rachel Dolezal, if you even claim it, right? You yeah. know, you know, yeah. you ain't got to look it, right? Just claim it, right? You know, and then the consequence. So, what were the visceral reactions that you had when you heard when you heard the song? <laughs> I mean, no, you can go, you can go. I mean, go ahead, brother. Wade. Um, when I first heard the song, the part like "I'm not black, I'm OJ," okay, yeah. I'm like, whoa, yeah, that that was profound, and just that by itself, it spoke a quadrillion words, and maybe some people 
may not know it. There was a OJ actually said yeah, I'm OJ, not black. Yeah, OJ. Some, some people may black, think I'm that's OJ. a line. No, no, no. Uh-uh. If you had, all the documentaries that have come out have used that line about I'm not black, I'm OJ. I mean, but I also heard it was it was it was re- revealing in terms of Jay Z and uh, how he thinks, and that uh, even though he's a uh, uh, a multi-millionaire, a billionaire, has a billion-dollar portfolio right now, he still ain't sure, and. Uh, you know, so he was actually keeping it real. He's like, mm-hmm. hey, look, I think I'm all right, uh, <laughs> but I'm a big jigger, but I don't know. I don't right, know. Right. And, and and that's the thing. I that, still that, may not be safe. Right. And and that's the thing that came out, you know, in the other line about ego with Chris Rock says, <laughs> white boys don't have this ego, mm-hmm. right? Because many of them ain't got to worry. They ain't got to worry. They ain't got to worry. Well, that's, that's the privilege well, that, you know. Yeah. Wait, wait, Wes, what did, what did Chris Rock say in Big and Blacker? He said, there's a white boy in this theater who's a janitor. Right. And if I ask him to swap with me, he's going to say, no, bro. Right. I'm going to ride this white thing. That's right. Yeah. The benefits are better, but right. I'm rich. And I'm Chris Rock. And I'm rich. And I'm rich. Rich. Right. Exactly. Because they know, because at the end of the day, we know, you know, brothers, sisters can lose all of it in one shot. And that white boy can fall and get up and fall and get up and fall and get up and. He can be a heroin addict and addicted to opioids, and it, it could be a, a health problem. Yeah. Uh, but if you're black and addicted to crack, cocaine, or heroin, That's right. or have an addiction problem, or you're an addict, uh, America changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the language. Uh, the language, mm-hmm. uh, depending on uh, who you are, whether mm-hmm. you're with the dominant uh, social and capitalist class, or whether you are their servants. Right. I have a, um, I hate to say this, one of my brothers is in jail. Mm-hmm. Prominent. Uh, city official in Norfolk, Virginia, um, did some wrong. Can't say that he didn't. Did some wrong. The governor of Virginia did the exact same thing, mm-hmm. right? The governor of Virginia mm-hmm. did the exact same thing. His case went all the way to the Supreme Court. He is sitting free. Absolutely. Yep. Overturned. Same My brother, Ted Stevens he got seven. Yeah. He, he, he's sitting with a seven-year bid now. The exact same thing. And so because it's now gone to the Supreme Court, right. there are other cases around the country, and hopefully he is being able to use, you know, what happened to the governor. But, I mean, boom. You know, you, you think about that, and that's why this song is so prolific in the nature that it, there's still that fear. I have I, I can Look. rise, but there's still going to be that's a glass right. ceiling, and there's still going to be a, a proverbial the, the, monitor. The, 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 doc, the system was so cool and so powerful. That O.J. couldn't even see himself. Mm-hmm. So when he looked in the mirror, he saw what they told him and what they sold him. That's how powerful uh, white supremacy, that's how powerful the, the, the imaging of the black male is. They can, meet even, they can even make you see what you're not. Mm-hmm. And that, that is a very interesting thing because we can ascend, and there will be people who will back you. I like you. I love you. You're that type you're, of person. You're different. You're right. different. I mean <laughs> – what, what do you think they were saying about Barack in the beginning? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's yeah. different. I mean, you remember when Colin Powell. Let's push Colin Powell to the front. That's Colin right. was like, oh. Right. Oh, no. no, no, no Colin no, no. was smart. He's like, yeah, nah, I'm going nah. to pass on that. Right. But, yeah. e- exactly. And it was so interesting to me that another visceral reaction with my president. My president is giving a talk about health care, and we'll go in about that, right? And and the audacity, and I'm going to say that, the audacity of this this congressman from South Carolina, you lie. You lie. The audacity of you to say that to a pre- to my president, right? 
in the midst of the world watching you. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump doesn't say uh, improve Obamacare. He says replace Obamacare. There's already an instrument in place that they could improve and protect American mm -hmm. citizens with health care. Mm -hmm. But it's more important to them to replace it right. and then do whatever they want to do. Mitch McConnell said when our president was inaugurated, the most important job he's going to have is to make sure that this man is one term. A one-term president. A one-term president. And we see, you know, what do you think about that candidate whisperer? You know, that, 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 mm -hmm. that movement to make this man a one-term president. And every, even now, and well, th that's the fervor of his legacy, uh, that they're still talking about trying to strip away his legacy. I mean, so as we were, well, I think one of the reactions that I had initially when I heard the song, and then now as I'm hearing the conversation as it relates to this is, um, this concept of um, being a black mayor versus a mayor that happens to be black, mm. right? So it's a mayor that knows for a fact that they have to use their position to help the African-American community, even if it means you might get one term, right, versus somebody who has the color. And I know particularly in the, in the political sense, when you look across the country, you see examples of both, right? Well, well I mean, that's interesting that you would say that. Uh, on the show this morning, I talked about... Uh, an article. Yeah, I have press. They, they call me from all over the country to yeah. get, get my opinion on stuff. And there's an article being done now on the black candidates running for mayor mm -hmm. and how they're running away from black issues, mm -hmm. even though the city is 60-plus uh, percent Af black, even yeah. though voter registration is 57 percent black to only 36 percent white. Even though black chronic voters outnumber white chronic voters right now, there's a tendency amongst the major black candidates to discount mm -hmm. the issues in mm -hmm. our community and play up to the white community. And it's amazing that they didn't know that. Uh, you, you're not in an atmosphere where you can get away with that anymore. Uh, white reporters and black reporters mm -hmm. and journalists are going to call you out right, now. Right. So there's an article being worked on now where black candidates are saying one thing to, to white audience and then another thing to black, to, to, to black audience right. instead of saying what they believe and having a platform to back it up. And that's, that's, th that is the political nature that we're living in. And I think in, right? the one thing about the song – I appreciate about Jay-Z is folk that are black always know it can be taken away, exactly. right? It's always a snap, so I'm going to make sure I'm connected to my community because that's ultimately the people that I need. Um, I think the the one thing that, that, you know, we saw with OJ is like, you know, keep rising, always rise, always forward, but you, you better remember who your people are right. because they're almost, almost every single time there will be that big fall. And you and don't have to go back home. Exactly. And that's what we saw. That's And that is the crux of the title of the song. Mm -hmm. Because you saw the documentary, right? Yeah. What they had to do. What, the, what, what, they, what his people had to do, how to make the house look. That's right. Right. They had to blacken OJ. They had to blacken OJ. <laughs> you know? They, they had to blacken OJ. Um, I want us to begin to have this conversation because I think it's the most important song of the album. But I want to go to line two for one second. Hey, you're talking on the Western Revolution show. Good afternoon. How you doing, brother? Man, I, I am uh, thrilled to be here. Oh, this is my main man. Yeah. Oh, Dad Ricardo. What's up, brother? How you doing? 
I, I am doing great. It is an absolute pleasure uh, to join you all, especially to be talking about such an important topic. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Chad, let me ask you one question, man. Chad, let me – everybody knows. Chad – well, everybody may not know. Chad is one of my good friends. Um, I don't even want to call him a mentee anymore because he's he, he is doing the, the biggest things in life right now. Uh, Chad, you, you're so successful on social media, man. I'm so proud of the work that you're doing. Uh, you just have grown up in the space, man. Let me ask you this quick question. How do you think this album resonates with millennials? You know what? Um, I don't believe that it resonates as well with millennials. But, you know, I, it's almost not their fault, though. You know what I mean? It, it, because they, 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 haven't been, they haven't been brought up on hip-hop that is about anything more than just clothes and unfortunately the drug culture and women and everything else right, so i think that a right. lot of it goes over their head to an extent so it's a it's, it's a mature album it's for mature folks do you think that because this album speaks to an evolution of masculinity and evolution of vulnerability that it it doesn't as well speak to millennials because they haven't really been able to go through this yet you know what i, I i'm going to answer that with uh with a, a real life example i um because my answer is yes uh, today, I actually I posted something on social. I made a, a little uh, docu video myself in which there were grown men speaking about one of the industries that we uh, that we thrive in, and there were grown men speaking about the fear that we that we embody every time before we take the stage. And one of my colleagues, unfortunately, felt the need to go out and to, to puff up his chest and use his bravado to say that fear shouldn't be a thing that a man feels. So I think that, that not only millennials, but men as a whole still have an issue with accepting and addressing those vulnerabilities mm. actually do all feel to some extent. Right, right. You're, Chad, you know, and, and that's the thing I think that we as this older generation, I, and if you could see the panel that I've got assembled here, man, these brothers could go out and rule the world. Uh, exactly. we've, got, we've got to be able to show our younger brothers, as we used to do back in the academy. You remember those Correct. times? Back Correct. in the academy, we had those days. Yeah. Chad and I uh, ran the JMU Male Academy for a number of years. We were able to show our boys what it was like, you know, for us to right. come together, to galvanize, to be vulnerable with each other. My experience was, uh, uh, was different in that it was a, a nephew, uh, my nephew, who actually turned me on. He said, oh, man, why don't you watch this, watch this video? Watch this video. With me, he said, "Man, you know," he said, "Man, you on, you know, you on, you on uh, 444, right?" <laughs> I was like, "Man, I heard, I heard about it." And he's uh, 24, okay, uh, years old. He's been through some things. Uh, and th th I, even though I don't think millennials are where we expect them to be, uh, there's a level of consciousness right now with this Black Lives Matter movement. Mm, there you go. Uh, the anti-brutality movement. Uh, uh, younger conscious brothers and sisters. Uh, who are getting it now, and and I don't think we can underestimate where they are because they're out there, and they're beginning to express it. I got you. Thank you, brother Thomas. Chad, I'm gonna have to let you go, brother, but I appreciate the phone call, man. And let's absolutely. make sure we God bless you, make sure we stay in touch. Uh, absolutely, and thank you all very much for having me, man. No doubt. I appreciate you. All right. You're listening to WBOK 12:30 a.m. This is the What's Your Revolution show. Sitting here with with three outstanding young men who are dropping knowledge about their lives, their experiences, and as we dialogue about Jay-Z's Fo 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 album. Gentlemen, let's get back to this conversation for one second, because as I said before, 
uh, my main man Chad called is that the title track to me, in my opinion, is probably the most prolific song on the album. You know, as we've been talking mm -hmm. about vulnerability. Um, what were your feelings about that? You know, um, and have we had experiences that will allow us to be able to write a track like Jay-Z did? Because I think it's a love song to Beyonce. Well, well I mean, I, I, from what the summary does with the song is that uh, it was a time that he actually got up and started feeling those emotions uh, and wrote it. So it was a feeling that made him most vulnerable about where he was at 444 in the morning. So, but what was troubling you, mm -hmm. you know, and what were you experiencing uh, uh, emotionally and spiritually that you had to uh, to reveal yourself at that time of the doggone day? Right. Period. Right. You know, th that what was on your mind that woke you up, and, and, right? And it, it couldn't have been the first time you went to bed sleeping mm -hmm. and thinking like that. But at this point, you had to sit down and put pen to paper, man, and put track on some on some wax. Right. Yeah. Right. Go ahead, Wayne. Uh, and, and in reference to what you said, I'm, I'll go through the back door to come through the front. But I think I don't think, in my my opinion, I don't know Beyonce nor Jay Z, but starting with Lemonade, I don't think that he was, if he had a choice, he wanted that stuff to come out. You, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of what Beyonce did. And then I, I think in that, so okay, well, they're talented enough to do that. And it made money, too. Okay, well, hell, I'll put my stuff out here, too. And, and but, but <laughs> isn't that a sign of the times now? If there's any capitalism in it, in it uh -huh. it's like, hey, man, my raunchiest, my weakest, you know, my damnedest. Right. If I can put it on CD, uh, video, or track, I can also make some money. Yeah. But that's the uh, is that the platform that we've given celebrities now? Yeah, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, right. we, we, I mean, now I don't even necessarily think we give it, but thanks to things like social media, mm -hmm. it is so easy to be in somebody's life um, to where you really. Is it their real life though, Wesley? Hey, once again, right? We started off this conversation with Kill Jay Z, right? There it's, you go. It, it, All right, I just want to put it out there. Part of like part of this. I, in this city, and I think probably in many other places, we all have two ways of how we show up, right? We have the thing that we, who we truly are, what we embody, that we keep to ourselves, and then we have the personalities in this city where everybody has to have a personality, and that's what you, everybody has one, whether they want to admit it or not, and you have to be able to carry that, um, and that can go the wrong way. Um, one of the questions you asked earlier about, like, could you know, you hear the CD and could you write a verse? I'm going to tell you something. After the past few months, I could write, like, my own CD, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, but I think it's, it, it's when it finally happens, whether it's exposed or you do it on your own, right, it's important to be able to really – it was important when I heard that song to be able to call a situation out for every single piece that it is. Right? Every, every single piece Everything. That it is. Not, like, at that time, and then for them, I think it's different because they were married, right? right. So they also are working through this, through, like, this sacred bond. With like, kids. With kids. With with kids. You know, yeah, and, and he says that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of different dynamics. And I think, like, once that vulnerability happens, once that exposure happens, then the complexity of the issue, whether you're trying to work that relationship out or not. But that's also it. powerful in terms of him revealing that, especially to younger millennial couples yeah. today. Uh, one of the differences is that uh, we don't see folk, folk sticking or fighting through or working through stuff. 
right? Uh, uh, I mean, annulments and divorces and separations are as quick as the I do's. In some cases. In some cases. Yeah, in some cases. Uh, at the altar, mm-hmm. you know. So and whenever you can see someone, I'll never forget the heaviest thing my mother ever told me when I asked her how, why she deals with my, with my dad, who could be difficult. She said, because the us is more important than the me. Boom, mm-hmm. boom. My parents have been married 52 years, right. you know, and... Right. You know, it wasn't easy. No. I oh, saw it. I watched oh, no. it. It, it, it was My mother would tell you now, right. you know, uh, and right. she has to take care of my right. 80-year-old father. It's, it's right. not easy. No. But without them, there is no me, and we understand that this is a Bingo. this is a team. And I think that revelation, I think by Beyonce being as vulnerable as she was and to show her pain, mm-hmm. if he had not come out with something like this, mm-hmm. right, we would be saying, where are you? Where are you? Right. Where are you? Right? Am I right? You're right. Uh, with my, with my, like, you know, am I right? With my big Barack, like, am I right? You're, you're right. And, and to even to allude that, what, what I got out of that Kill Jay Z in the album as a whole is that what really reinforces that there are some places in your life where you're going to get where your money, your, nor- your notoriety, you know, your reputation, your mother, your father, they can't help you. And you've got to you got to sit in that space. You got to sit in that space. You got you got to sit in that space. What was really interesting that he says in the song that stood out was, "You grew up faster than me," which is interesting from a developmental psychology yeah. psychology perspective because women usually do. I mean, about two to three years faster develop right. faster than men, no, no and doubt. and depending on our experiences, you know that gap could be much wider. Um, and usually it is. It is. It, it, it is. But for him to say that and, and to recognize that, and what he says in, in the footnotes is that because she had a family, she had mom and dad in the building yeah. with her, and that he he thought by just meeting his dad that he could be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And we know that these relationships have to take time. we got to learn how to, if you don't have that image of love early, you gotta figure, you got to figure it out. Yeah. We're going to go to line two real quick. My man, Sed, is on the line. Sed, Scott, what's up, brother? How you doing? What's up, brother? How's it going? Man, everything's good, man. Just sitting here, you know, rapping rapping about the album, man. I know Sed and I have talked about this extensively. We don't have a whole lot of time, Sed. Man, what are your thoughts on the album? Hey, man, you know, I love it, man. I've been a Jay fan for, uh, you know, since, since Dead President Sample came out, um, you know, going back to 96. But... What I realized about Jay, man, Jay really, he's been really trying to talk about his vulnerability mm-hmm. early on. I think the challenge with the people, and the, especially the, you know, the hip-hop heads, is they've been challenged to recognize what vulnerability really is. Mm-hmm. You know, Jay, Jay has been talking about, you know, his affection and his love for Blue Ivy. He's been talking about he's got the hottest chick in the game wearing his chain, you know, dating back for albums. He's been talking about it. It's just that he's probably now saying, <clears throat> look, I have I have something to get off my chest, and now it's time for me to really just put it in plain language for y'all to understand. Right. And you as know, a, you know, a good, brother, yeah, good brother said, he now has the platform and the money. Mm-hmm. Right? And, right. And you think about this platform, put it all out there. I got title. I dropped it on title. My platform, right? right? <laughs> my my platform. I put my money into this. This is my album. This is my platform. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Said I appreciate the phone call. I know you're on vacation, man. I see the pictures on uh, Instagram. I'm a little jealous, brother. You know. Hey, man. Look, I'm still in America, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you gonna call a brother out? <laughs> you call. Hey, man. Thanks for calling, man. 
Ain't no doubt, brother. Appreciate you. As we begin to close out, man, I'm going to ask this question to you all. You know, we, we've talked about the influence or the possible influence and impact of this album. Is it revolutionary? Are we going to look back at this album 10 years from now and say, you know what, boom, 444 was that album that, that shifted the game? No. Uh, well, in the big picture, uh, Marvin Gaye did it with Here My Dear. So mm. he, he hasn't oh, man. He did it. No, it was done before. Right. And I, mean, I somewhat did it. I mean, I think uh, if this is Jay's last album, I think from his context it will be something. This will be the album that people are going to remember, right? Because this is going to be the period to this career that really shows his transition from being Jay-Z to Sean Carter, the family man. And, you know, I always got to give a little plug, but that's what a revolution is. We start, we evolve, mm -hmm. you know, we go around, and hopefully there's a change yeah. at the end. That's right. Yeah, I, I would say uh, I think this uh, album is uh, as much about him uh, and where he is as about anything else. Uh, if it impacts uh, the industry, if we can begin to see uh, more substance, people have figured out how they can make money off a of substance, say it loud, I'm back and I'm proud. You know, don't push me because I'm close to the edge. If, 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 if he can inspire other, other artists to commit some of their time, time and talent to a level of consciousness that can help transform us, I would say yes. If not, uh, at this moment in time, it's going to be uh, some very good music with a very good message. Right, right. Brothers, I thank you for your time today. I thank you for the wisdom that you have dropped on not only the listeners of New Orleans, but in the world. Uh, always give a shout-out to my team, Jazz Williams, behind the wheels of steel, and my producer, Rachel Graham. I uh, want to give a little bit of notice that I will be participating at the National Association of Black Journalists convention on August 10th on their panel for perceptions of black men in media. So we will give you more information as the weeks come by. I want to give a shout out to Rachel. She is the president of the New Orleans Association of Black Journalists, and she's doing an amazing job getting this conference together. So please try to attend some of the festivities that we have. Listen to Rachel with Real Talk, Real Talk with Rachel, all right, to check out more of what's going on for NABJ. And as always, I ask you each week, be able to answer the most thought-provoking question of your life. What's your revolution? Have a great week, everyone. Do I find it so hard when I know in my heart I'm letting you down every day, letting you down every day? Why do I keep on running?